Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith. And today, listeners, I've got a very, very, very special guest. And we're going to be talking about very, very new topics in today's podcast. Her name is Calandra Balfour, and she is a sex educator and wellness expert. So welcome, Calandra. Hi there, Lynn. Thank you so much for that lovely intro. You're very welcome. Um, I just want to get listeners excited this morning because today we're going to be talking about sex, <laughs> which is not something with, we discuss not that very often anyway on, on this particular podcast. I don't really get the opportunity because people are quite reluctant to delve into the subject. But obviously it's a very important part of love, dating and relationships, isn't it? Yes, it definitely is. Well, I think, um, I think sex is actually the glue that holds a relationship together a lot of the time. You know, sex is, is intimacy. So it's very, very important, I think. I, I think so too. You know, intimacy and connection is, is, is one thing. It doesn't necessarily have to involve sex, but certainly I think sex at its best can take it to a whole new level, can't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And you know, you, know you, um, you made a really valid point there. It doesn't always have to be about intimacy. And some of the things that I, I talk about with, um, with couples, you know, if they, if they had a really active sex life at the beginning of their relationships, but then um, the, sex, the sex has kind of dwindled as the relationship has gone on, then they'll find that the, the intimacy is less. But not every relationship needs to have, um, you know, an active sexual element to it no I, I agree but it's it's it I think in terms of you know it being the cherry on the top of an otherwise great relationship it, it certainly is there and up there isn't it definitely definitely and it's so fun as well <laughs> yeah absolutely so Calandra tell the listeners a little bit about your background and your history before we get stuck into you know a really great debate and, and topic around the sex and intimacy and um you know how communication plays a part in that as well before we get stuck into all that i w- would like the listeners to know a bit about you and what you do and and how you got to where you you are at, currently at the moment oh okay so um so yeah as as you said before my name's calandra balfour and i'm actually based in brighton in the uk on the south coast and i own sex shops here so i own two sex shops two different brands and I've had them for 15 years now, so a really long time. So I've, I've worked it out, actually, that I've had nearly 5,000 individual conversations about sex over the years with different people, with 5,000 different people. So I definitely, um, you know, have got a lot to say on the matter. That's what I can say. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. <laughs> on, the, on the other hand, I also have a hireable kink space. And I give lots of um, workshops um, for killing kittens and various other things, workshops in the store, BDSM workshops. Um, but as, as an aside, I also have a degree in neuroscience 
and I'm a coach. So all of that kind of ties together and um, which means I can talk about sex a lot for hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, just as a starting point then, um, how, how do you think, you know, uh, I suppose discussions or um, just the actual industry of a sex shop has changed over the years? Because you must have noticed over 17 years a, a difference in, you know, maybe the, the amount of men and women that come in to the shop has, has varied in terms of percentages regarding yeah. each gender yeah i mean i've got i've got two shops and like i said they've, they're very different feels to it one taboo has got the frosted windows and you have to press the bell to go in um to comply with licensing by the way so and it's like that and that's very much used to be very male dominated and then i've got lust uh, which is in the north range which is over three floors and that always has an open door you can see into the shop and we sell lots of, of other things like quirky homeware and things like that as well as sex toys and so that one's got a very different feel but when when taboo opened it was mainly men even if they were buying for women it was um yeah they'd been sent in with a shopping list and you know my girlfriend's too embarrassed to come in here my my wife's too embarrassed i've been sent in or it was really apparent that they even hadn't had a conversation. He was like, you know, they'd, they'd be like, oh, I'm coming to get something. I don't know what my wife is going to think. Hopefully she won't, you know, chuck it out and be angry. <laughs> so that was very much how it used to be in Taboo. Obviously exceptions. Um, but when we opened last, which was 12 years ago, you know, it's female staffed and, you know, we made it, we made it a, a very easy place for women to come in and feel safe and feel like they could trust whoever was there um, without any shame, because I think that's what it is. And, and actually that's why we opened last. It was in a response to Taboo where a friend of my husband's said, oh, well, it's a shame we can't come in um, because we don't want our neighbours to see us going in. And it's like, oh, okay. So even people that you know that are quite liberal, don't want to be seen by other people going into a sex shop uh so that's how it was then but now my god it's completely different and then um you know the demographic to women and men is 50 50 uh you know between between the two shops in last we have so many more women and the thing which is i've really noticed over the years is the age um not the age gap the age bracket has gotten lower and lower, or wider actually, wider. Yes. We have much younger customers coming in. You know, we have teenagers coming in asking about lube, you know, which lube do I use? Or I've come in to get this. Could you help me choose, choose one, please? Um, you know, so they, they're coming here with a purpose. You know, they've, they've set out on their day going, right, I need some lube and I need a sex toy or I need a replacement sex toy because this is broken or I've read about this somewhere on the internet and this is what I want to try. And they will come not just into us, they'll come into various other sex shops here in Brighton as well and compare prices and see which one's better. Um, so, you know, we see that much more in, in younger ages, but also in older ages, which is brilliant. I mean, one of our, I think one of our oldest customers to date as far as we know because i don't grill people on their age when they come up <laughs> uh, a 94 94 year old lady who came to replace a vibrator so i mean that's that's brilliant as far as, as far i as love I that you know what i really love that because 
you know what, I, I do feel that as we get older, um, for both genders, they probably feel they've missed the boat in terms of love and intimacy and sex. And I don't believe that at all, you know, myself. Um, my, I can remember my, my grandma getting remarried at the age of 77. So, you know, <laughs> the, there is always, and I know that she, you know, she was quite open about talking about sex as well, you know, and I've instilled a sex drive. So um, it wasn't just for companionship, let's put it like that. <laughs> No, that's that's really really good, and and it's um, you know, and that's that's also an indication of how things I think are different in general. That women, um, you know, our society has made it easier for women to ask for what they want because before they didn't as much as they do now, and and you know that's brilliant for women to say, do you know what I'm not. I'm not getting enough sex. You're not giving me enough orgasms or even just the equal orgasm equality. You know, that's a thing now. Whereas, you know, before it would be a husband getting his orgasm and then sex is over, you know, mm. where, um, you know, there, we have men coming in going, you know, I'm really worried. I don't know. I don't make my, my wife or my girlfriend come. What can I do? Can you give me any tips? You know, and they, they're like worried about it, which is good. They should be worried about it. So I, like, I like that, you know, the men are taking responsibility for that because I think quite often through penetrative sex alone, a lot of women won't actually orgasm through that unless there is, you know, a sex toy or something involved that, that yeah. stimulates the clitoris at the same time or, or G-spot or whatever it is. I think, you know, there are quite a lot of women in that bracket that just through penetrative sex... Um, you know, in other words, intercourse, it, it doesn't happen for them. There has to be other ways that they achieve that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, and the time that it takes for somebody to have an orgasm is completely, can be completely different. Mm. It's not down to being turned on either. And that's, you know, that's something that I tell people a lot who come in, you know, it's like, oh my God, you know, I, you know, it just takes my wife so long to have an orgasm, like... Um, and it's like, well, some people just take a little bit longer to, I guess, get going. You know, the the story of their orgasm is just longer. It takes longer to, to build up and then more stimulation before orgasm can happen. Um, but luckily, you know, as you mentioned, there are a variety of things that you can do to speed that process up. So like sex toys and lube and, you know, there are tips galore available everywhere. You know, you can google this stuff now and you know you couldn't you couldn't when i when i started working here you couldn't right you know how do i make my wife come quicker you know you couldn't put that into google and have like <laughs> <laughs> coming up you know within um you know there are probably youtube videos on it as well you know that just didn't exist then but um but yeah so there's sex toys and there's lube and just the idea that sometimes it's not, um, yeah, it's not, you know, I think so much of what we read about sex is like, you know, we have to come, uh, you know, two partners have to orgasm at the same time. And that is a successful sex session. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, they can be first one and then the other. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of different ways of going about it. 
I think that's because it's portrayed on, on film, isn't it? That you both come at the same time and it's utopia at the same time. But quite often the reality is quite different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there aren't fireworks in the background and trains going through tunnels as well. <laughs> <laughs> so when, you, when, I'm, when I'm thinking as a woman, because um, I, I know that there'll be women that want to ask this question as well and have like, this question answered that have been listening to this. Um, I would love, and I've never had it happen, um, to have an orgasm through whilst I'm having intercourse. I mean, I can have orgasms through oral, I can have orgasms you know, through any sort of other manipulation with his fingers or, or toys or whatever. But, but actually, whilst I'm being in, in the act of having a, you know, that intercourse, it's never happened for me. And I'd love, is there a way for that to happen while you're actually having intercourse, you know, whether it needs some toys or accessories or not? Oh, well, um, so there's a couple of different factors to just be aware of. So the first thing, the first thing is um, there is no such thing as a G spot. Now wait, 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 wait! Before you jump down my throat, <laughs> I will just explain that basically the woman who properly discovered the clitoris and the structure of the clitoris in the nineties, shockingly, only just around the corner, really. Um, she recently put a paper out saying that the G-spot as a separate area doesn't exist. What it actually is, is an extension of the clitoris. Mm. Um, that is, oh, I wouldn't argue with that. <laughs> which reaches round to the, um, to the area that you would normally expect the G-spot to be, but that is all clitoral tissue. Um, so that's the first thing to consider. So it's fine if it's coming from a woman, not if it's a guy saying that the G-spot doesn't exist. Um, so then the next factor to, to be aware of is that everybody's distribution of nerve endings is completely different. So you might have no, more nerve endings in the external clitoral region, or you might have more nerve endings on your internal vagina, um, or you might have more nerve endings, for example, around the anal area. And so that would explain why some people have easier orgasms either through clitoral stimulation, uh, penetrative sex, or even anal stimulation as well. Mm. So, um, so it may well be that for you, for example, because you were, you were asking in respect to yourself, it may well be that your, um, your nerve endings are just more concentrated in the clitoral area. So, so that might be a factor of why you can't orgasm just through penetration. But some things that you can do is, um, you know, there's a couple of different types of receptors in the vagina. So there is, in terms of just stimulation, there's also like stretch receptors. So you might need a bigger toy um, to be more stimulated. And then there are different positions which will stimulate the clitoris at the same time. Uh, being so, for example, like missionary is quite a good one actually, because mm. uh, the the uh, male pubic bone will rub against the the clitoris as well at the same time. Um, and or just cheating with sex toy as well. <laughs> okay, so is is there something that the, the, the man can put on that can stimulate your clitoris at the same time as intercourse through the missionary position for example yeah definitely so there are there are like a textured cock ring so a cock ring goes around the base of the man's penis 
and they're actually really good for men as well because what they do is trap blood in the end of the penis so he ends up with a more sensitive penis but also a harder penis so great for the girls as well um, but you can get cock rings which have got a little attachment on it so they are slightly textured so that's one type that doesn't vibrate so when the man is having sex with the woman that textured pad will be rubbing against the clitoris providing more st stimulation you can also get ones which are vibrating cock rings so instead of just the little textured area they'll have a little bullet vibrator so at the point of contact when both bodies are close together there'll be a vibrator between them against the clitoris so that is also really really good but you know i think some of these things are really great and they're great for the guy as well not in just in terms of stimulation but he knows with every stroke that he takes um that vibrator will be really stimulating the woman so it's kind of um it's until exciting for him as well <laughs> yeah exactly it's quite empowering for the guy and it, so it kind of works the other way around because you think you know we have so many guys who come in here who are like, oh, you know, I don't need that. You know, I'm, I'm great at sex, you know. So, <laughs> the ego coming in. Exactly, always. Um, so there's always, so that's a way that kind of can give them back the power that every, every movement that they does will be driving the, the woman crazy. Um, but they are, they can be quite annoying. So a lot of the time people might start off with something like that and that would be great. Um, or you can just get a little small handheld clitoral um, vibrator that either of you can use on the clitoris at the same time. Hmm. Great. I've got some good tips in that. <laughs> the great thing about it is, and what I love about, about sex toys is that they're not elitist. You know, they, the, the bullet that I'm talking about, we, we sell one for $7.95 and it just works. It's one of the best sex toys in the shop. So it doesn't have to break the bank. I mean, there are expensive versions and rechargeable ones, mm. but a cheap one will do the job and does last and work really, really well. So, so. And what nice. would you say is the most common sex toy that couples buy or even singles buy? The clitoral bullet vibrators all day long, all day long. Um, but we do, you know, the rabbit vibrator is still amazing. You know, when that came onto Sex in the City. In yeah, <laughs> I remember that. People <laughs> still come in and ask for it, um, you know, because it does two things at the same time. It has a shaft that goes internally, but it also stimulates the clitoris at the same time. You know, it really is one of the only toys that does that. And it feels amazing. I mean, two things going on at the same time. Great. Um, but recently, a toy that's really become very popular is uh, the Magic Wand. So this was originally invented by Hitachi as a back, back massager, as a deep tissue massager. Um, and it looks like an oversized karaoke microphone. It has like this big round head. And lots of times when people come into the shop, they're like, oh my God, that's too big. I wouldn't fit that inside me. But it's external. So it goes against the clitoris, but it plugs into the wall. So it really is very, very, very powerful. And um, it's brilliant. There's actually... A a British company called Doxy that make them now. And, um, you know, a lot of sex toys are made in China, but it's great to have a British made company that's pumping out this amazing sex toy. And, you know, what I will also say about this company, they actually made PPE over lockdown. So they did, uh, they did help out the NHS. Mm. 
Excellent. That's lovely to know. And what about for men? You know, what we can, what can we do for our men, and what what would be a good thing to buy for him? Well, um, so for a guy, there's three different areas. There's penis. Um, there's a penis in terms, of, penis in terms of a cock ring. There's the penis in terms of like a masturbator, so something that mimics the vagina. Or there are anal toys, which can be specifically male, which stimulate the G spot. Uh, the yeah, the male G-spot, which is the prostate gland. Um, so I'll just run through them quickly. So as I mentioned before, the cock ring can really enhance stimulation and really make a difference to the quality of the erection. Um, so for example, st male strippers always have a cock ring in their back pocket and porn stars, you know, it's something that they use a lot. Uh, and uh, but it also enhances the um, you know orgasm and how quickly they come and the sensitivity so we do those and we do adjustable ones which are really good so it looks like a little lasso thing and you can get the tightness just right but if you are using it on your guy you can hold on to those those ends at the moment of orgasm and they're really good to use when you're using uh, like doing oral sex for example um, so you can also use a lot of your toys, like clitoral toys, on a guy. So you can use them during a blowjob. You can have it a little bullet in your hand, but also hold on to the scrotum while you're giving him a blowjob or using it along the shaft of the penis. Um, then moving on to the masturbator type toys. So these are like a, a jelly tube that you put lube in the middle and it goes over the penis. So I think a lot of the time, women and couples tend to think it's not very sexy, that it's lonely guys who can't get it that would use it on their own. But that is just not true. They are really, really good and they feel very realistic. You know, we have them in the shop as a display so that you can feel what it feels like on your fingers, obviously. Um, but with lubricant inside, if you put your finger inside, it, it feels like a vagina and um you know so it really really feels good but there's one way that women can use it on their guys is by wanking them off you know guys wank themselves off all the time and i think a lot of the time women don't really um well no one's going to be as good as wanking yourself off somebody as somebody else so this toy is a really good thing to use for a woman to use on a guy uh, and then moving on to the prostate or the male g-spot which is a lot of taboo you know lots of lots of people are like no anal don't want to do it and that's absolutely fine but i think a lot of people just need to be very aware that there is a lot of pleasure to be had there uh, we do have lots of guys who think that if they enjoy anal pleasure it makes them gay and i think that that view is pretty outdated um, but you know there are some people who have just been brought up that way and there's a lot of shame around um around the anus yes <laughs> but you know there's a lot of pleasure to be had and the male g-spot is up the bum towards the belly button um but it is a little bit further up than what you would imagine the male the female g-spot to be so you have to stimulate it with a toy but it's um when you find it it's worth it <laughs> And what about, you know, for men that probably, I mean, I know um, I've been in relationships 
and it's not my current experience, I have to say, but, you know, and I also I'm probably speaking for other women. How do you help men if they suffer from premature ejaculation? How, is it, how, how do you help a man with that? Um, so I think, you know, so much of, of premature ejacula ejaculation and um, erectile dysfunction is, you know, it's all in, it's all in the mind you know, for a lot of the time, there's so much anxiety that can build up around it that um, can really make, make it all worse, basically. You know, premature, and I guess it's what we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation, you know, there's so much of what we see in, so, in social media and society and the thing films is all about this ideal of couples having an orgasm at the same time. And it doesn't have to be that way at all. Um, you know, so if your guy has got premature ejaculation, make it all about him first, you know, um, there can be, you know, make him come first and then it might be easier for him to have a second erection and then have, uh, sex for longer afterwards or yourself first, you know, so it's all about you and the woman has the orgasm first and then he has has his so it's about taking away the pressure of this timing or having to last so it just doesn't matter whether the time from erection to ejaculation is long or short you know you need to take the fake focus away from the moment of orgasm yes you know and that's that's actually really popular at the moment there's um you know, it, it doesn't even have to be about orgasm. It really doesn't. Sex feels great whether you're going to come or not. And I was having this discussion with somebody else on, a, on an Instagram live this week um, that often when you get the first orgasm out of the way, and it might be that you might not come again, but if you have sex afterwards, that's when you really kind of discover the experience and can take it further and really really relax into it instead of this goal of like oh am I going to come am I going to come uh, am I going to come too soon when's it going to happen Is, are they going to come are we going to come together you know <laughs> yeah we're getting our heads rather than just relaxing and just going with the flow don't we <laughs> oh that feels good or oh let's try something else or I'll carry on there you know yeah. like on the experience itself instead of the end goal yeah absolutely like you say enjoy the experience rather than focusing on the end goal absolutely 100 percent agree with that so when we um you know get into um a situation where the honeymoon period has you know sort of waned a bit how, how do we bring the spark alive again what do you think are the best tips for you know getting that spark back if, if that's an issue for people um so um god i was gonna say i'd be rich if i had a pound for every time i asked this but I, generally i'm being given money when i do this but i'm not not rich enough but that's all everybody wants to know and you know i'm in a long long relationship as well i've been with my with my husband for 15 years so i'm no stranger to the periods of drought that will happen in a long-term relationship and it's definitely something that needs to be worked at but the first step is recognizing it and wanting it back Yes. Uh, um, you know, so that's great. You know, if you are with somebody and you still fancy them and you know that there is something that's missing and you miss having sex with them, then fantastic. That's great. You're you're on the your way. 
Um, so then, you know, the reason that then two people might not be having sex together, who've been in a relationship, you know, are there any other issues there? Are there things that your you or your partner might be resentful about? about? Uh, you know, a lot of the time, sex can be used as a little bit of a bargaining chip, whether we know it or not. Um, you know, has there been anything like infidelity or something like that? And in which case, you know, you need to get over it or split up, you know, mm. there's no point punishing somebody or staying in a relationship being punished. Exactly. I agree yeah. with that. Beyond the time that, you know, like I said, you know, either you'll, either you'll get over it or you won't. And if you won't, then you need to do something about it. Um, so is there resentment? Is there underlying reasons Again, I'll say it again, not everybody, some people reach a point where they're happy with not having sex. And if that's something that works for you and your partner, then that's fine. Do not be pressured into thinking that you have to be doing this just because everybody else is. So if you're fine with it and your partner's fine with it, then don't worry. You know, it may just be that you've reached a point in your life where sex isn't for you anymore. And that's also fine. But again, if you think that your relationship is lacking because of that physical intimacy and sexual intimacy, then what other reasons are there for it? So often in the case of women, there's uh, menopause. For men, there are, are hormone fluctuations as well. Um, medication as well can affect libido and sexual desire. Diet and health can and stress. Um, having kids running around and not having any privacy <laughs> really extinguish your sex life pretty quickly <laughs> so, so you know if any of those are factors then you know seek seek help uh get a babysitter go and see a gp you know going through the menopause which is something you know i'm on the verge of menopause myself so it's something i'm really aware of and i'm talking a lot about with women at the moment but do not think that just because you are going, you've got the menopause coming up or you're going through it, that your sex life has to end. And it is not normal that it does. So again, there might be a hormone imbalance there and you can get help for that. So don't think that this is your lot and your, your sex life has gone. I can vouch for that. I've been through the menopause and, and to be honest, it didn't affect my sex life or sex drive at all. In fact, I probably got, it, you know, it enhanced it, if anything. <laughs> but, but around the same time, though, I, w I was entering in a, in a new relationship, so that that was, that you know that probably helped. <laughs> this is ten, over ten years ago now. <laughs> um, so, if all of those things are being covered, and you just know that you're stuck in a rut with your partner, and you've reached a situation where neither of you um, initiates it, and it can just be kind of comfortable as well then yeah so what are you going to do about it so it comes down to initiative so if you you need to take the initiative you know you're, you could wait around for a long time if you want something but you're expecting somebody else to read your mind about your desires so if you want something you need to communicate that with your partner and you know so often when it comes to a sexual drought in relationship it could become quite accusatory it can be a bit like well you know i approached you and 
you knocked me back so I'm not going to do it again but this is your fault because I've tried <laughs> that can work both ways and I like I said you know I've been there I've been there um and you know you have to look at the reason why somebody might not want sex at that exact time that you do is that people have got a different a different cycle to their to when they feel horny basically um you know for example myself I I feel horny in the mornings you know if you if we go to bed and you know hey darling I'm like no I'm like ready for bed now this is not my horny time (laughs) I suppose we have to compromise if our partners the horny time is a different time as well don't we yeah exactly and you just have to account for that you know if you are coming on to your partner and taking the initiative to have sex and you uh, and your partner's not willing or you know so you feel rejected and then it can lead into all sorts of like he doesn't fancy me he doesn't like me he doesn't want to have sex why doesn't he want to etc etc um so what i would recommend to part to couples is um you know i think texting is a really good way of broaching that of instead of you know why aren't we having sex don't you find me attractive what are we going to do about it coming at it as a from a problem perspective you can come at it from a you know what i really miss having sex with you we had so much fun when we first got together i really fancy you um let's have some more fun i think we should be having more fun together and you know comparing those two ways that that conversation has been broached i know which one sounds sexier to me yeah Uh, definitely we can get like you say too much into the rabbit hole of pointing the finger and laying blame can't we rather than taking responsibility ourselves and, and you know thinking well how how would be more a more fun playful flirty way of positioning this yeah exactly and that's you know you hit the nail on your head flirty you know you need to chat your partner and that's not going to be you know they need warming up to it especially if you haven't had any sexual intimacy for a while it's going to take a little bit more foreplay mentally than it would normally so just think of chatting them up so one thing that i recommend to couples is texting because it um it can give the other person a little bit of space you know you're not just coming in going but let's talk about our sex life or putting them on the spot or under pressure and you know so texting will give them a chance to read it and probably feel a bit turned on by it because how can that not be a turn on if you get a message like that from somebody that you love and fancy going, Hey, I miss you. And I want to bid of you. Um, <laughs> let's have some fun together. That's, that's, that's a turn on to receive that. That's going to make you feel good. And so you can enter into discussion, enter a discussion, enter into a dialogue, you know, and flirt with each other by text. You know, when should we do it? You can plan your plan when you're going to, be- <laughs> sex as well Uh, so both we've got time to warm up to the idea around it I I love that you know because as well for both of you it creates anticipation doesn't it yeah yeah and that's one thing that just isn't there in a long-term relationship you know there isn't any, any anticipation you know each other's bodies you know you've heard everyone's stories you've heard all of their jokes <laughs> you know um that's that's something which isn't going to be there so building up with anticipation can really really make a big difference and then uh, and then choosing 
where or when it's going to be, you know, which is why, you know, the Dirty Weekend is so famous. It's using a different place, going to a different place. It might be a hotel or it might be, um, you know, it can even be a different time of the day, for example, you know, choosing it when your kids are away or, you know, just setting the scene a little bit. And But it's all about communication. It really is. You know, that's the best sex toy that I recommend to everybody. Lovely, I love it. Well, I could talk about this all day with you, Cantor. <laughs> I really could, but uh, yeah, time's pressing, so I'm I'm very uh, aware that you've got a shop to run. So, on that basis, what I'd love for you to share is uh, your best contact in, uh, detail for our listeners to be able to get in touch with you should they want to make an inquiry or ask you any questions. Really, I suppose you'd be open for that as well. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, calandrabalfour.com is my website and that's got links to all my shops and you can get in contact with me directly. So, um, yeah, get in touch. Brilliant. Love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your insights and wisdom around, as I say, a subject that I can't very often get guests to, to be open and talk about on, on the, <laughs> this particular podcast, yeah. but it makes a lovely change to have done that. Well, thank you so much for having me on to your, on your brilliant podcast. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear some feedback from listeners as well. So thank you. You're very welcome. And so it just is left for me to say, listeners, with closing, that opening our hearts is where love starts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.